I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Cowboys Talk. There's no more time to waste. Let's bring back my good friend, Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare. Wiley, what's up, brother? Great win for the Cowboys this week. It was a very close game, but... These are the sort of games that you need to win. If you can pick up these games versus middling teams who haven't been a playoff threat in a very long time, and you can pick up some division games, specifically the home ones, that's sort of the recipe that the Cowboys can ride to a potential playoff appearance and division title. I mean, this game, even though we did pick up the win, it, it was pretty frustrating at some in some instances. Yeah, it was sloppy Joe. There were a few plays that were uninspired in terms of Zeke Elliott early on. Of course, he had that tremendous effort at the end of the first half. And that's sort of the Zeke that we remember from his prime. But in the opening drive, there were some really ineffectual weak runs from Zeke. There was an awful Dak interception. And the defense really was not all that impressive. This was a Chargers team that committed constant penalties and self-destructed and made fools of themselves. This was one of those games where it looked like both teams wanted to lose. Even going down to the last play where Mike McCarthy had time on third and three at like the 38-yard line to get more yards for his kicker, he decides to sit there with this thumb up his poop shoot, let the clock run down, and let Greg DeLeg go for a 57-yarder. And Greg DeLeg completely bailed Big Mike out but it was still bad coaching just because it happened to work and they won barely doesn't mean that it was a good decision or that it was done correctly. You know, and we got to talk about the closing seconds because the fact the fact of the matter is Greg Zernline didn't just bail out Mike McCarthy. He actually bailed out Dak Prescott because because it was inside the, the final 2 minutes. When it comes to that, the quarterback is to take charge in clock management. Okay, so that being said, it was a fuck-up on Prescott and Mike McCarthy, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who fucked up more because Greg Zerline saved the freaking day on a 56-yard field goal. Yeah, if the Cowboys go to the playoffs, it's certainly going to be by one or two game margin, and this will be one that you circle on the schedule and say, remember that, that could have very easily gone the other way. That was going to end up being a, a big win. A headline did say that Mike McCarthy said in the press conference that there was miscommunication and a bunch of malfunctions going on. But you know what? At the end of the day, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter because, you know, I always feel like we, the Cowboys should have won effectively and they could have. But it had to come down to a to a freaking game, you know, a, a game, you know, drive, you know. And I have to admit, you know, as far as Zeke goes, Zeke actually did make a clutch play on that drive. On a third and six, he caught that short pass. So we got to give him we got to give him credit for that. But, you know, overall, you know, and it was good to have Zach Martin back. Because speaking of bailing out Wiley, Zach Martin bailed out Dak Prescott big time. Because when Dak Prescott got hit and fumbled, Zach Martin recovered. That's true. Zach Martin was right there to jump on the ball. And if you sort of consider all the skill position players, everyone knows them. And they get an insane amount of credit, especially Dak and Zeke. I think Cooper and CeeDee are both very talented. 
and get the correct amount of credit. But Dak and Zeke get all the ads, all the slurping, all the attention. And in reality, I think one of the best players on this offense is Zach Martin. Him and Tyron Smith are sort of the unsung heroes of the offense. And thankfully, Terrence Steele looked as though he has developed a lot. Do you remember last season, he was one of those linemen who had to come in for an injured player and was one of these guys that was targeted with blitzes and really made a fool of in a lot of ways. So absolutely phenomenal to see him step up. And really, you never see those big linemen get enough credit. And it can be very disappointing if you're a lineman to never receive the attention and acclaim that you deserve. But Zach Martin is a guy that really needs to be given constant credit. Oh, totally. And you know, as far as credit goes, I mean, you know, the offensive line, you know, even without Lyle Collins, the offensive line was just exceptional. You know, Tony Pollard, I mean, I swear to God, Tony Pollard, you mentioned he doesn't get attention. Tony Pollard just... On that opening drive, I mean, that opening drive, the Cowboys came in in that, this game, 20 consecutive games without scoring a touchdown on the open, opening drive, Tony Pollard put that to an end. And did you see how, when he scored, how he just pounded, and I'm talking pounded, that Chargers player to get in the end zone? Yes, and I love the sort of counter-style play call that was used to get Pollard in the end zone. I think in general, getting Pollard more snaps should be a goal of the offensive coordinator more. And in general, Pollard, like you said, is underrated. But whenever you pay a guy who's supposed to be top five like Zeke all this money, you can see why Pollard doesn't really get as much attention. Because Pollard is sort of a not even like a third down guy, but is used even less than that. So... Yeah, Pollard doesn't get a lot of attention, but if you look at the salary cap structure, it makes sense why. It's too bad. It's too bad because Tony Pollard has really proven himself. And there was actually another play where a Chargers hit gets him from behind, and Pollard just kind of went down, but then he, well, he didn't go down by contact. He just got back up, kept running, and then it took two guys to take him down. So I think he went from what, what would have was a 9-yard gain, he turned that to a 15-yard gain. There, that's what what I call not giving up on the play. Tony I mean, Pollard, 13 carries, 109 yards. Zeke Elliott, 16 carries, 71 yards. Pollard averaged four more yards a carry than Zeke. I think that really says a lot. That wasn't exactly like off of one big play either. He was consistently a threat. Remember early, whenever early or earlier on in the week when we did our preview episode, what did we say the win conditions for the Cowboys were? Control the clock and run more. Tony Pollard was the linchpin of the strategy, and Dak Prescott didn't throw 58 times like he did last week. He threw 27 times, had 237 yards, and no touchdowns and a pick. Dak Prescott essentially tried to give the ball away twice, and of course Zach Martin bailed him out for one. But for everyone who was just absolutely slurping Dak deep because he had 400 yards, you know what? If you have 400 yards when you throw it 58 times, that's really not even that good. If you throw it 58 times, you better have that many yards. And we can see here Dak's very pedestrian numbers whenever he wasn't given multiple extra possessions due to defensive uh, turnovers the defense forcing turnovers that is and in general Dak was very underwhelming this game and the run really carried them but for the Cowboys to be successful on a long-term basis the run is going to need to carry them a lot this is a run first team Alex mm -hmm. yeah and speaking of the running game I 
I swear to God, there was a couple of drives where the running game takes us extremely far, then all of a sudden the fucking running game was abandoned. I mean, you saw me put that tweet like, why the hell did they stop running the damn ball? And then, and then on that play, Dak Prescott makes a stupid mistake, takes too much time, gets sacked, and we are out of field goal range. Awful. There's a big difference between uh, taking sacks and bad play calls and then just having your head so far up your ass where you're not going to throw it away. That's rookie year shit. You're sitting there at the 35, you drop back nine steps, you hear they feel the pressure coming, and you start to shimmy with your hips around like you're going to pull a run. Give me a break. Dak looked very amateurish this week, and considering all the attention he got last week, I remember watching a review of last week's game that talked about the upcoming game, and it was, oh, Cowboys fans can't believe Dak was hurt, and I'm sitting here looking at his line like, oh, well, he threw 58 times and solo lost multiple drives. But that's not really impressive. This week, he had more turnovers than touchdowns. Uh, inconsequential yards and was really a non-factor Dak Prescott did not look very good this week and this was a run-based win which if the Cowboys want to be successful on the long term this is the sort of build orders they should be trying to execute I mean correct me if I'm wrong but Dak Prescott didn't even make it to 250 passing yards yeah 237 you're correct yeah And, and and speaking of a quarterback that actually Honestly, did good despite the fact that two interceptions. I mean, Justin Herbert did exactly what I th- said he would. He did, in fact, burn our defense. 31 completions for 41, 338 yards. Now, I don't want to talk about his two interceptions. Now, one of the in- interceptions, I mean, look, he's still building, so obviously he's going to make mistakes. But the second interception that the Cowboys made, you know, that was in the freaking end zone, that was amazing. We have to give the Cowboys defense that. And also, Trayvon Diggs made that fantastic interception as well. But the fact that Justin Herbert was able to throw for a first down on a th- on at least four, I think it was four or five third and longs, I mean, that's fucking amazing. That just shows how fraudulent our defense was. Although a defense overall was average, but still, the fact that the Chargers on a third and long and you, you can't fucking stop them is unacceptable. That's true. And for fans who don't actually watch the games and either like follow on their phones half-heartedly or just look at, oh, the Cowboys won. How about them Cowboys? This was one of those games that if you don't actually diligently watch, you're going to have sort of a a messed up perception of how the game actually went. The, the Chargers offense was relatively effective. What happened was, is they got into the red zone and spit up all over themselves. Near the end of the game, the Chargers were making this incredible push. They scored a touchdown and got called back on an illegal shift. There was another drive they had where they were pushing down the field and Herbert made a bonehead play to get it screwed up. This very easily could have been like a 14-point a swing with these sort of goofy, low-brow, moronic mistakes that, quite frankly... Uh, wouldn't happen to Herbert in his third or fourth year. And a lot of dumb penalties. The Chargers could not get out of their way all day. And honestly, if you're the sort of Cowboy fan who thinks the Cowboys are going to win 11 or 12 games, like I saw many publications predicting this season, you've got to sit there and ask yourself, what would this game have looked like if the Chargers had simply gotten out of their own way? Not like been God tier or were way better than they should be, but... Just if they didn't make a lot of goofball errors, what would it have looked like? And the answer is not good. 
No. You know. And speaking of Herbert, you know, remember that particular play where Micah Parsons kind of put the pressure on him, and well, he, he it was basically it was basically on that play where the Chargers were basically at the red zone. Uh, Jared Cook supposedly scored a touchdown, and there was there was two penalties. One of them was an illegal shift on two Chargers offensive line, which I did not understand. But the other one, which was rightfully so, it was unsportsmanlike conduct on Jared Cook. But that particular play, and then after that, the Cowboys defense managed to make a good play to push the Chargers a little further back. But then the next play, and I'll still give credit on that play because the Cowboys defense put pressure, especially Parsons, but Parsons gets to Herbert, but Herbert throws the ball as, as soon as Parsons touches him. So that would be an incomplete pass, but the referees actually awarded... I don't know if I say awarded. They basically ruled it as a as a sack for Micah Parsons. Like, do you do you know the play I'm talking about? Yes, and you talked about the unsportsmanlike conduct. Keenan Allen got a 15 yard taunting penalty. You want to talk about bad coaching and undisciplined players and unforced errors? You know, it's one thing to have false starts or even false starts at home. <laughs> Freaking taunting penalties from your biggest veteran one of your leaders on the team, that's just repulsive. That's so bad. And the Chargers were doing really, really dim-witted stuff like that all freaking day. So yeah, the Cowboys won barely on a walk-off field goal. But how much does that mean to the team? Is Was this a defining factor, prove-it type game? No. Was this a game where you say, oh, this is it. Cowboys Nation represent we're really going for it and this was the game that is going to be the difference between being sort of bad and ineffectual and being really good no this was a game where both teams were doing everything they could to lose and it was essentially going to go into overtime and be very close to being a jokish tie and what ended up happening was that the Cowboys did of course get bailed out by Greg the Legs so this is one of those wins where you exhale deeply and say, we got lucky. We got lucky. That's we just did. the truth. I mean, we that's, did. The, that's the fact of the matter. And when you consider all of the stupid penalties the Chargers got, like this probably could have been a 13-point Chargers victory very easily. Like if, if you just take the stupid penalties away and leave like the pass interference and the holding and all those normal penalties, like you're still getting body bagged pretty hard. So... Yeah, the Cowboys won, but tamper your expectations going into next week. Thankfully, Philly looked abominable. Philly looked awful this week, so that's kind of nice. A few days, but right, yeah. that's a whole different episode. And, and not it, to not to get ahead of ourselves, but even though Amari Cooper unfortunately didn't have the best day, Amari Cooper actually had the had that catch um, at, the, at the end when he supposedly got hit. We all got scared. I tweeted. I said, "Come on, Amari, get up, brother!" and and just so everybody well, he knows, got he got belted, and they had to burn a timeout because he was rattled a little bit. It was not just like oh, he got hit hard. Like they had to use a team timeout for that yeah. shit. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, he 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 just got hit in the ribs, and then you know after the game, he was sweet. He got up, walked on his own power, and even actually begged Mike McCarthy let him back in. And Mike McCarthy did stress that there was no further evaluation. So I think yeah, Amari Cooper is okay. I think he just got hit. He just got the air knocked out of him. Agreed, and that's really good because with Gallup out. If it goes down to CeeDee Lamb and a bunch of scrubby tight ends, then all of a sudden the offense does actually look a lot weaker. Michael Gallup going down, <clears throat> honestly, pretty inconsequential. The guy has the worst hands of any receiver in the NFL probably, so 
not I'm not like wishing injury on him or like I'm not happy he got hurt, but you do have to be realistic about the implications of someone going down. If a receiver were to go down on the Cowboys, you would hope it would be Michael Gallup if one had to get hurt, you know. So I'm just happy that Cooper is healthy and doing well. And I think CeeDee Lamb is continuing to show an incredible amount of moxie and a lot of potential. This is a guy that looked phenomenal coming out of OU, but has really showed that he's capable of playing on the NFL level. So, mm-hmm. And Mika Parsons had a good game. He jumped that route uh, for Ke- uh, against Keenan Allen, and that was one of those sacks that it wasn't so much the quarterback's fault as it was really good coverage. Keenan Allen's top 10 receiver in the NFL, so to see a linebacker all over him like a blanket, I really think that that pass, you're sitting there as Herbert, Keenan Allen's your go-to guy, super consistent, almost always open, and you try to force it to him, and that works a lot against the linebacker. So that was one of these things where probably Parsons, his ability to catch up to receivers and cover really good receivers isn't really known or on the scouting report quite yet. I would say, like, by week 10, you're not going to be sitting there as a quarterback saying, oh, a linebacker's on my receiver. I'm going to target him no matter what. Because that's what happens a lot of times is quarterbacks make that read. They say, oh, okay, man-to-man, my best receiver against the linebacker. I'm going to force that, ma. And I think that's what Herbert tried to do, and Parsons was all over him. So that was a very important play within the game. And the Diggs interception was another huge play. You know, the Cowboys have had such an abominable secondary for so long that I think we've almost sort of forgotten as football fans what it's like to be able to force turnovers and be disruptive on defense. Remember, with no no Demarcus Lawrence, looked like Herbert was going to have a huge day. And if he could have gotten out of his own way and not made all those uh, goofy errors as far as his team and the penalties, obviously those weren't Herbert's fault. But yeah, if the Chargers could have gotten out of their own way, then... We're probably talking about this in a different way, but between Herbert making those interceptions and all the moronic penalties, the uh, Cowboys managed to eke this one out. Big ups to Greg the Leg. If he pulls a Vanderjack and chokes that, we're sitting here talking about what an idiot McCarthy is for it being third and three with like 20 seconds left, him having a timeout, him just letting the clock run down for no reason, lol. That was stupid, regardless of the fact that it worked. And, uh... It was just a great game for Cowboys Nation in the sense that they picked up a W. Sometimes the other team underperforms and is bad, and you really have to be able to win those games too. You can't just win the games like last week where the other team turns it over four times and you get to throw it 60 times and you somehow still lose. That was one funny thing about all the Dak slurping from delusional fans (laughs) is that, yeah, like, oh, 404 yards. Well, he threw it 58 times. Like, I don't understand why casual football fans can't understand, like, the basic implications of yard totals and how they relate to the game script. It's as though, like, the fans who don't even watch the game see the yard totals and they think that that's, like, the goal. They think that's, like, quarterback rating or, like, it's something other than just, like, a flat counting statistic. It's really weird. It is. Um, I think I, I believe I figured it out. That particular play where Parsons got awarded the, the sack, I think because Tony Tony Romo actually, who by the way did commentary, who did a fantastic job. 
Always great in the booth, Romo. He actually confirmed, I because Tony said that as soon as Parsons like put his you know, put his hands on her, on uh, Herbert, the referee I I think the referee blew the whistle. I guess the crowd noise just kind of blocked it, so we didn't hear it. So I I think that's why they gave him the sack. So I I think maybe the referee just decided, you know what, like blow the whistle like that. So just because the way Justin Herbert was being rushed. If Parsons had gotten him and like fall on him, I mean Herbert probably would have been hurt. So maybe the referee saved Herbert. I don't know, but but that particular play, I mean, on, on that drive, you can't. I mean, because some fans, I saw some Chargers fans putting it down on Herbert. Like guys, it's not his fault if the receiver decides to taunt. Uh, it, it, by the way, Jared Cook, that's the same guy who broke our hearts. You know that, that pass against the Packers. It's that same guy. It's not. It's not his fault that the that the veteran tight end decides to make a dumb mistake. And then supposedly these two players do an illegal shift. I mean, I still don't understand because I, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't see it, so I can't. That's just bad. I'll bottom line it for you. It's bad coaching. Whenever you have a team. Well, for Herbert, it's bad luck. Well, no, but I mean, in general, if you look at the outcome of this game and how it went, a lot of why the Chargers lost comes down to bad coaching. Veteran players getting taunting and unsportsmanlike conduct calls goofy undisciplined pre-snap penalties illegal shift you know it's one thing to have a uh, late hits and holdings and stuff like this is just going to happen but whenever you're having like consistent pre-snap penalties that's usually the sign of bad coaching false starts at home uh taunting stuff like that is really just comes down to the sort of culture you have as a team and uh it's weird. I don't think we've said this once in the McCarthy era, but the Cowboys were the better coach team this week, oh, which totally. isn't saying much, you know. It's sort of like saying the Cowboys are first in the NFC East. It's like, uh, okay, well, what does that really mean? Not we're much. Not, actually, we're not. We're actually not. I think we're still in third. But that, that's because of point. That's because of point differential. But well, I, I, I know. I was making an example. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. Right, right, right. Well, and speaking of dumb penalties, that fucking on that on that punt, like that's as soon as I tweet there, two minutes left, let's fucking score because you know we're up, we're still up by uh, by three and we, we could be up by ten. And of course, as soon as that happens, r- roughing the freaking kicker. Jesus yeah, I mean, th- this was one of those games similar to Week One, where I'm sitting there saying to myself, like, do either of these fucking guys want to win? Like, it's like you're watching two different teams who don't give a shit about the game and are trying to lose like that Cowboys game was like who is gonna fucking choke the least or who's gonna like basically get out of the own way at the very last second and that's what we saw is like even though Mike McCarthy couldn't even set his kicker up correctly he got bailed out and that was just sort of one of those like well someone's gotta win and this was the last play so this is how it ended up so yeah uh, the takeaway from this game is, yes, the Cowboys won, but are you sitting there, like, happy about it or, like, this was a statement game or any of that stuff? No. This was a game where uh, two teams came and they came with their heads in their ass and really didn't play very well. And you know what? Someone had to get the W. And if Greg Zerline misses that kick, maybe this motherfucker ends in a tie. Which is just like an absolute nightmare. So that's what I want to say. But before I actually want to give credit to the uh, to the listener of this show, uh, Mr. Mike Gray, who actually said that, who actually, I say, who actually basically pointed out that Dak was to blame for the mismanagement, and he's right because, like, like he explains, it was inside the two minute mark, and that in that case, 
the quarterback has to take charge too. So a, a lot of people won't understand, but sometimes when you're in a situation, you're driving down the field, you know, for a potential game winner, the quarterback has to take it upon himself. Like the quarterback, I would have to say, has to be ahead of the coach. Yeah, or at least yeah. on the same page, so to speak. You know? Yeah, that's why. So if Greg's because of that situation, if Zerline had missed, it would not have been on him because that management from the quarterback and the coach, then all of a sudden, all the heavy pressure is on the dude's back, just like that, and now he has to deal with it. Just luckily, I mean, we have to admit, you and I, we are eating our words because we doubted Zerline. That's why I said on Twitter, the Cowboys have to score because I'm not going to sugarcoat it, Wiley. I'm going to take responsibility. I had no faith in Greg Zerline, and I'm happy to say Greg Zerline is making me eating my words. Like, I feel sick to my stomach, but I'm glad I am. Greg Zerline proved me wrong. He still has a lot to prove, but you know what? At least he's headed in the right direction finally. I mean, he made his two field goals today. Yeah, no, that's very true. Greg DeLeg has been solid. Look, this is a very mistake-prone uh we'll say mediocre Cowboys team. This is not a team that can afford to deal deal with kicker issues, okay? If Greg Zerline was having an off year, that would be curtains for the Cowboys because out of all the mistakes that the Chargers made, guess what? The Cowboys still had to go down to literally the very last second to win, so. I mean, it's one of those games where I'm literally looking at the TV you know, eating my goddamn fingernails. Even my cat looked at the TV. His eyes staring at that. I mean, that I'm, I'm gonna. T- this is actually gonna make everybody laugh. My cat doing that mismanagement when, when Tony Romo, how he was, you know, reacting. You even saw how Tony Romo was commenting, how he was reacting, like, "What the heck are they doing?" My cat hissed really fucking loud. Okay, and <laughs> from that goal, the fact that it was 56 yards. Okay. My eyes were glued on the TV. My my back was bent. I was just literally leaning against the TV as my cat was. And Greg Zoline fucking did. I mean, these games end in such a dramatic way that adrenaline really goes into you once it once it's over. Especially when it comes when it comes down to the fact that your team wins from that situation. Like the Cowboys survived, survived. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm glad how you and I and I'm glad uh, that you mentioned how these veterans, you know, doing these stupid penalties. Because you know what. You know what I don't understand is why the fuck are you celebrating like you won the fucking game? That's what I don't understand. I mean, from veteran and for veterans to do that, it's beyond me, Wiley. It's absolutely beyond me. It's unacceptable for Keenan Allen to get a fucking taunting penalty. He's got a second-year quarterback. Allen's been in the league seemingly forever, being the same sort of style of player as for his whole career, and that mistake is absolutely abominable. Though you know you, you have like. Ball starts at home are some of the worst penalties you can take. Taunting penalties from your team captains, that's just about as bad as it gets. It's just unbelievable. I mean, yeah, Keenan Allen's been around a long time. Drafted in the, in the 2013 NFL draft, so he, he started his career when he started college. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, either way, you should know better than taunting. I mean, come on, you're a professional player, you got to set an example, but... The fact that you do it, and you know, and it's just so early in the game, and it's not like you've won the game. I mean, it's it's like that. I mean, that's that's why. I mean, these people are now saying that Herbert messed up on that uh, on that Micah Parsons uh, thing. I'm like, no, 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 that was not on Herbert. Herbert, when I was talking about how pressure is just put on you, just like that, that was the situation that Herbert has. All of a sudden, all that pressure is on his back because his teammates have to mess up. 
I mean, come on. I mean, come on, guy. That's what you were saying. Like, these people that, don't, that weren't watching the game, Wiley. So I'm glad you bring up that point. That was also more of Parsons being good than Herbert being bad. That was just a good play for Mika, showing off his speed and defensive ability. Yeah. If Mika can do that and be flexible, and even though he plays linebacker, sort of have that uh, corner or safety-like ability to guard the other team's best receiver, he's a huge asset. If that's something that can continue to be and is a trend and not just a flash in the pan, uh, Parsons and Vandresh might be able to hide a lot of the weakness of this defense. I mean, speaking of Vandresh, he actually got a sack today. I saw that. It was it, big, it was and he did his little, yeah. his little wolf celebration. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a beautiful play. So last thing I want to ask is, uh, who's, your, who's your player of the game, Wiley? I'm going to give it to Mika Parsons. The interception was incredible. He looked solid throughout the game, and I don't think anyone on offense other than maybe Tony Pollard did enough to deserve it. Well, actually, it wasn't Parsons at the interception, but but but, but okay, All right? Mika, well, I mean, Mika Parsons deserves recognition. For me, well, the, there were two interceptions. The, I thought the, Mika, the, Mika the other, had one, and no, the other one was by uh, Demonte. Uh, was by uh, I can't I can't even say his name, but I have it right here. It's it's another secondary. Uh, what's his name? Where is he? Oh, Demonte Kazee. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, but 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 still, I mean, you you can't say Micah Parsons had nothing to do with with, with the defense's good things from today. So uh, I'll give it to I'll give it to Pollard then, even though okay. uh, you look good. All right. Well, you know what? Pollard is is our offensive player of the game, and Parsons the defensive player of the game. Does that sound good? There you go. All right. There we go. And I agree with it. But also from that, you know, I have to praise Justin Herbert because he still did what I thought he would. He torched our defense, but, you know, a couple of miscues really held him back. But still, I mean, Herbert still, he still has a hell of a future. Yeah. When uh, you're getting shot in the back by your own guys over and over, it's really hard to win games. And, he, and, he's, and he's still, you know, and still trying to manage the game. I mean, Justin Herbert kind of pulled a little Tony Romo out there. Even though his guys are failing him and all the disadvantages, he's still out there. Refusing to go away. Very true. Of course, some people are going to say, "Oh, you're a fucking idiot. You're comparing Justin to Tony." I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to bother explaining because y'all just don't understand. So you know what? It's it's not it's not worth wasting the energy on. Wouldn't you agree? Agreed. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Rylan, my friend, please tell the folks where they can find you. Venom Astaire, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Follow me there, sub to the show, leave a good rating. Easy. All right, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys?